what are the first steps to take when you're ready to deal with addiction and or infidelity? We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. All right, let's start with a quick review over on iTunes. And it just says, great job. Keep up the good work. Love the content. And guys, thank you for that. It's Absolutely. simple, but it totally helps us find the people that need the help. So thank you. Yes. Um, okay, Ashlyn, I have uh, I kind of have a question for you. I want to lean on your, uh, oh, great. your expertise a little bit. So, um, you know, your other work, your other platform is fitness, health. Um, and so if I'm... If I'm like wanting to to like get skinnier, right? Get more fit. Um and I go on a diet. Um and with that diet, I get all this stuff, so I learned that I'm not supposed to eat like carbs and stuff. Um you know, and and I force myself not to eat carbs. How long is that going to last? As long as your knuckles can hold it. <laughs> You're white knuckling. <laughs> right. So why doesn't that work? Uh you need a plan. You often need support. You often need accountability. There's like a whole process. Okay. So, so that's, you, I got out of you what I wanted, Ash, and that was <laughs> it, which is, you know, we're going to talk about some things today. And I think, I think before we really get into the, the specific tools and the specific things you can, can do when you're early on in the re recovery process, really there's got to be the right energy behind it. There's got to be the right intention um, and, and to shift into that energy. So like if I'm getting healthy, um, I probably need to have some self-compassion, self-love, um, some confidence so that I can step into actually executing a, a plan, right? Same thing happens yeah. with recovery from betrayal, trauma, and sex addiction. Um, so today's episode is, is we're not, we're not going to give you the specific tools like the, the five specific checklisty stuff that you can do once you find out or once you start dealing with this. But we're going to talk about what actually works to get in the right mindset, to get your heart in the right place, to, to start to move forward. So, um, you know, if you're the betrayed, maybe you just, your world just got rocked. Um, you know, D-Day happened. Um, your life as you know it is now different and it's now over um if you're if you're struggling with the addiction um, maybe you're wallowing in your own shame and um just 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 realizing the consequences of some of your behaviors um you might be feeling a little bit of relief because you've been holding secrets for a long time and it's like oh they're out now but now what what are the consequences of that so so both people are in an emotional state of mind probably and not knowing exactly how it's all going to come out in the wash, okay? So let's just talk about some of the basic things you can do to start to get in the right mindset. So, Kobe? I mean, the first one is commit to heal. And that was, interestingly enough, one that I did, but I did it on my own because I had realized the depths that I had, I had um, gone to because of addiction. And so I, I knew internally that no matter if Ashlyn stayed or not, Ash, no matter if you were here, um, that I had to, I had to change from within. 
So, I mean, that's why I called. Um, that's why I found specialized. Well, you found specialized therapy. But you called. Excuse me. <laughs> but I did call and um, set up the appointments and figured it out because I knew that I had to change. So I think exactly what you're saying, and it, this is maybe the, a reason people have a hard time watching our specific story is because we are still together. Um, but we continue to use this method of, I'm going to work the me in whatever issue is, you know, front and center in our relationship before we work the we. And that's really what we're saying here yeah. is if your story ends up different than ours, it doesn't mean you did it wrong, but you can still heal no matter what. I think, I think what you guys are talking about is so important. And Kobe, um, you are a great example of this. Um, I remember when I first met you, it was like, I just felt like, whoa, that guy's committed. He, he wants some change. Um, but we're kind of saying to, to our audience a little bit, like, look, you got this mountain to climb and there's no map that, you know, there's, oh gosh, yes. you don't know where the top is or what it's going to be like up there, but commit to just doing it, yeah. commit to, and, and so there's some, y you got to kind of just hang on and, and create some hope hope that healing is possible, even though you haven't experienced it yeah. and take the first step forward, um, up that trail, even without that map. So, so it is, it is a level of vulnerability, but I do got to say my clients who have come in early, first, first early stages in recovery and they come in and they're like, we're going to fix this. Things are going to get better. Things are going to change. We're going to get healthy. We're going to get healthy as a couple. Those are the clients that it actually happens for. So, um, Okay. What's the next one? Okay, next one. This was something that I really resisted in a big way because I was never really, really good at this. But mm. grab a journal and figure out what you're feeling. Which means like pen to paper. So no, don't just think about it because that's very different. Definitely don't go tell your friends and family what you are feeling because that's very different than yeah. pen to paper with a feelings will. Yeah. You can grab at feelingswill.com. Yeah, it's... It's, um, I was there, there's very specific science surrounding using pen or pencil on paper, um, when it comes to journaling because of the way that it helps, um, you process differently, no matter if you're an internal processor, if you're a verbal processor, the, the simple act of slowing your brain down and writing can help you connect to yourself in a way that you, that you don't typically do, that you don't typically connect to yourself in, in a way that you don't typically connect. Well, and even now when I use that tool, Things will come, like, I'll think a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I might bounce, you know, my first draft off a friend. And then I go and I journal. And it's like this whole new <laughs> concept comes out that I have been internalizing and not letting out. Yeah. And things start to make a little more sense of what am I really feeling instead of all the crazy emotional yeah. state yes. over here. Journaling helps you get to your wise mind um, so that you can move forward. And I know for both of you, it's been a huge piece to the puzzle and <clears throat> it's it's really what you just said Ashlyn you take what's internal and you put it on the external and so it two things are happening one you're moving things out of you and onto paper that the second thing is you you can now see it you yeah. can now read it and be like oh this is what where I'm at what's actually going on so you you become aware of of where you're at so okay so I have to say a question for this because I had a friend who I hate when this happens, when a friend comes to me and says, I have your story, now what? Mm -hmm. um, but one of the questions she asked was, but I don't 
is it healthy for me to really sit in what I'm feeling? Because that feels scary and like too much. And so what you're telling me to do sounds like I shouldn't do that because it's not healthy. So, so, you know, you don't eat an elephant all at once. And so you don't have to sit down and journal out every, every last bit of trauma that you've ever had, every last bit of everything ever. Um, but you know what, go take a bite and, of the elephant, so to speak. That. And, and just, it is healthy for you to sit in what you're feeling. Well, and it's that um, acceptance, right? Okay. If I, if I keep ignoring the fact that I am so feeling a lot of resentment towards Kobe, I'm going to start showing up in a lot of resentment in the way I come and act, right? I'm right, reacting. Right, right. But if I can own, I'm feeling a lot of resentment and start digging into that, Yes, I'm going to show up a little different. I'm probably going to go talk to Kobe. Absolutely. Right? Yes. You know, it's interesting. Whenever I get a question like like this, Ashton, where it's like, well, I don't know if I want to do it because it'll it'll like stir some things up. It'll it, it means that that thing, whatever it is, whether it's listening to music, going to therapy, journaling, um, listening me- to meditating, the podcast. listening to the podcast, whatever that thing is that does that means that that thing is probably healthy in some ways because it's 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 pushing you to to process and and the whole the whole thing that we're trying to get you to do in order to get into recovery is to process through the pain. Um, so you can come out the other end with some peace and with some healing. And so journaling absolutely is a great way to start the, the processing. So, okay, next. Okay. Ashlyn. The next one I'm going to say, because I didn't want to believe this one in the beginning, but it's don't ask for details. And so, um, this one's tricky because we're not saying you'll never know and you can't know all the things, but There's a process, like you said, Brandon, to all of this. So this is very basics. Just don't go and say, I need to know what that person, all the things about the person you were with or. Right. So it's a really tricky thing, especially as uh, from the betrayed's point of view, where um, we, we, I think we all can agree that um, honesty and transparency is good for healing for everybody. Correct? Yes. yes. Right. Yet here we are saying, don't ask for the details. <laughs> so, um, being, and it feels like it will feel better if I know the details. Yes. And there's a reason behind that. Your fear, your fear is kicked in. The more details you can collect, the more you can control your situation. It's like, I got to make sense out of this chaos and this senseless thing that's happened to me. So I need more information. Totally normal to want all the details. And if you're listening to this and you have asked for the details, then you're then normal. You're normal, <laughs> and that's okay. And you I can did move it. forward from there, right? Um, but like, let me give you an example. Um, a friend of mine actually, her husband cheated on her, and so she went and found. She found out, and she wanted to know where they'd usually go together. So he told her their favorite restaurant, and then he told her the hotel that they went to and the, and she lived in a smaller town. And next thing you know, every single place that she went in that town, um, was a representation of her husband's affair. Now, um, it's important that he owns what he did. Hey, I cheated on you. I had an affair. You know, if it was with one of her friends, he needs to say it was with one of your friends. What, what, what isn't helpful is the details. So, you know, what, where'd you go to dinner? What did you eat? Um, you know, what, 
just certain little details don't matter. She can still be boundaried. She can still protect herself and move forward without digging into those details. So, and, and this is where one of the reasons we say don't ask for details is not to support the addict in, in not disclosing things in being dishonest. One of the reasons is to slow down the process, go through a healthy disclosure process, um, which, which, will work for you to start to rebuild trust and rebuild safety in your relationship as opposed to causing more damage. Yes. So a therapeutic disclosure is done with a therapist. There is a process to it. Yes. We also walk it through in the program we have. So absolutely. There is a process. We're not saying don't ever. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Um, the next question or not question. The next thing. The next thing <laughs> is don't make any big life decisions. And I would say in like the first year. Yeah. Um, Kobe, did you have any thoughts on that? I want to hear your I like thoughts. Put, I like putting Kobe on the spot because he does it to Ashlyn all the time. Yeah, that's know, true. And I so I'm just it. giving him a piece yeah, of his own medicine. I, uh, He's being too quiet here. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing a really good job listening uh, uh, to what's going on. I mean, I have some ideas on what that, what that could mean. Um, big life-changing decisions would be something to the effect of um, like moving out of state, um, moving away. Um, divorce. Divorce. Um, there could be a number of big life decisions. Like, like, but, but yet at the same time, uh, while divorce might be something that you want to wait to disclose, there's always going to be exceptions, I think. Um, to those rules and, and a qualified specialized therapist is going to help you make those. But um, I, I think, yeah. I think what you said is really important because I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit on saying don't make any life decisions. If you're in an abusive relationship, yeah. um, if you're in a dangerous situation, yes. um, you know, if, for example, if your partner is sleeping with people unprotected and that then you might need boundaries that are big life decisions. Um, I think what we're really trying to say is um, while you're in your emotional mind and really in that emotional mind, slow down, learn how to regulate the, those emotions, get clear with what the reality is, um, and, and get really, take the opportunity for this big change and this big challenge in your life to grow and to progress and then make those decisions. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're saying. If you find safety, even if it's outside of the house that you have lived in with your partner, um, but you find safety in another location, if you find safety taking your kids going somewhere else, then when there's safety, then you then it's easier to be in your wise mind. Yes. And then when you're in your wise mind, it's easier to navigate your own healing. And it could be way more challenging and detrimental to healing if really big life decisions are are made without thinking things through, um, noting the exceptions that you just talked about. Yeah. Here. yeah. Well, and, go ahead, Ashton. I'm just thinking too, like um, adding thing, big things to your plate. Like I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do like a lot of... <laughs> I'm going to go buy a brand new car tomorrow. So, right? so it's like... Yeah. I don't want to add to what already is a very stressful and highly emotional state. Yes. And so it's, we're in the fog right, right now. Right. And so it's just like, I just got to get out some clearing and then I can start to see, and maybe there are some answers and some decisions that I can make that first year, right. but they're not going to be 
I'm making it tomorrow kind of thing. Right, right, right. So, so I think to, to kind of put this in order, first and foremost, make decisions to create safety for yourself. Um, don't add extra big decisions and extra stress onto your life um, as, you, as you start to pull back and work through this. So, Okay. The next one is to step back, zoom out, and see that it does feel that life is like consumed by this thing, but there's still good in your life. Yeah. And we're not saying pretend like things are good. <laughs> I tried that. And, and ignore the bad. Right. We're saying you can actually feel both at the same time. And that's really healthy, emotional <laughs> intelligence to say, I can own that I'm deeply sorrow, feeling deeply sorrowful over here, but I can find this happiness over here in maybe my kids or right. something simple. Right. And that's a hard one to come. Sorry. That's a, that I jumped in there with some gusto, I suppose. Sorry. Um, but that's a hard one to do. But um, when you can, I mean, I, I know for sure, as soon as I faced my reality that I had cheated for a second time, that's when um, I was able to make a sound decision, or at least find a sound. Um, I made a sound decision to, to, to seek the right kind of help. So taking a step back and just really facing the situation for what it is and realize it doesn't have to always be that way. And if you're committed to doing the things that we've talked about previously, it won't. There's no way it can remain the same. And the truth is, is that you want to be able to grow and you want to be able to heal. But if you take a step back and you just say, okay, this is what it is. And I'm just going to be really honest with myself. And as painful as it's going to, going to be to say this out loud to myself, even to my partner, I realize that I can move through this and there is something more that really can be something so much better, different, but better. Yeah. But in the early stages, it, it, it's hard to see that. Oh, yeah. Right. But it's what you said is absolutely true. And I think kind of, you know, if you take a step back, you look at your life as a whole. Um, when, when you're struggling with that addiction, or when you're, you're you're struggling because of betrayal, um, it it really can feel all-consuming, and and in some ways it needs to be because these things are a big deal. Um, but I would just caution you that uh, recovery is about life balance. It's about um, it's about processing the pain that we're talking about, but also recognizing that there's life outside of recovery work there's life outside of addiction there's life and, and you know what that friend that you go to lunch with and you chat about the weather with or whatever about the about sports or like that's important yeah. that you continue to do that and you don't spend all of your time in a therapy group or with a therapist or you know what I mean oh so, yes well and I will say this I know I hear from a lot of the betrayed that if I show happiness when I'm still so deeply wounded they'll think I've forgiven. Right. And so it's that, that's normal to feel that way, but it is... Kind of puts you in a conundrum not to be able to feel happy. Yeah. yeah. Be, and so it's not saying I can choose to be happy right. because of this, this, and this, but it doesn't mean I'm not hurt. Right. And we had to learn how to communicate to in order for that to be understood for both of us because it hurt me to see him acting like he was... Oh, he did feel this like weight and burden off his shoulders, but he put it on me. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so he, I mean, we still had a lot of stuff, but. A lot of stuff. <laughs> For the record, a lot of stuff. Yes. Okay, next one. 
Should I do it? Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. It is things. your favorite. <laughs> um, and it seems so simple, but just find music. Um, create a playlist. So it's, it's what we were talking about earlier with the journaling. Um, you're now in a, a stage where you're going to start to process. And so um, music is, is a way, it's a, it's a thing that moves energy for us. And so find some music that will support you in your recovery process. And so that might be music that makes you cry. It might be music that gives you hope. Um, music that just helps you feel. Yeah. And some, sometimes it, music can push you in the wrong direction. So find the, those songs that really help you move forward. And that's a great point because you can say, oh, this is my song. And soon that song becomes, this is not my song. Right. <laughs> and it's okay to say, I'm letting that go. Yes. So um, I do have a public playlist on spotify called cry it out girl that you guys can go and cry it out it. Yes. <laughs> and it's honestly it's just a, com a compiled playlist from some of the women that i get to work with where we've just said if you're some of us struggle because we haven't felt for so long we're numb that it's hard to cry and we want to cry so that's why we created that playlist mm -hmm. was so you might need a few different playlists <laughs> depending on where you're at that's yeah. a great point ashlyn i played some music in my groups before and it's like Th that music triggers so much mm -hmm. and sometimes it's for the good and sometimes it, it hasn't been helpful because it's the wrong song. So either way, the trigger is there telling you something's something. there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the music thing for me has been actually a really key component of, of recovery because, um, like for instance, a couple of years ago I went with Flint. Um, I just did my, my uh, third annual, uh, guys trip with Clint, who is my childhood best friend, went to Seattle over the weekend. But the first one we did, the inaugural, was going to Phoenix and watching the the Chili Peppers play. And that, in that season of life, that album that that um, that we listened to was really important for me during workouts. Hmm. And there's been a number of playlists that have been really important for me during workouts, just simply to get emotion at, like like you said it helps me move the emotion out of me but then to also pay attention afterwards and be like okay so what do i what do i actually need now and a lot of times when i'm not actually sure i'll do it so for example olaf arnolds is an icelandic composer and he's like clint my buddy just introduced me to him over the weekend and he's he's one of those artists that um is can can help me connect with me but also can help me relax and with that music i can um filter out the noise yeah and i can just kind of um center myself and become grounded and there'll be different seasons with different kinds of music so you have well, to be able to know yourself people. yeah you know yourself. yes yes yeah. you have to be able to know yourself in order to really maximize that home find music that will fill you in the in the different um Seasons you're in. I, uh, I'm just going to throw some out here. Um, uh, Epic Soul Factory, Everdream. It's like a, it's instrumental. It's, Ooh, that's it can awesome. really kind of motivate. It, it sounds like uh, movie music, like it really motivates. Um, Shadow Days by John Mayer is a song mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're recovering from addiction, just listen to the words of that song. Mm -hmm. It, it really speaks to it. Um, I know uh, for for the betrayed uh, Kesha, 
uh, Praying. Do you know that song? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I probably do, but that I don't song's kind of like a let me get some of my like anger out oh, and just okay. like, which, Rage. Is, which is okay, <laughs> you know? Um, even I've heard Katy Perry roar. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to hear me roar. Um, you know, so, so depending on where you're at, um, you can listen to s- this music. I, I love Christian rock. Um, a lot of those songs are just excellent at kind of moving the yeah. energy around. So, yeah. Okay, last one. No, it's going to take some time. Dang it. This is, this is the thing that we go back to. This is a theme. There are no Z-packs for I have, recovery. I have a magic pill. You do? Yeah. Why didn't you give it to me five years ago? I know. <laughs> I, you know what? Ten years ago when I first started doing this, this, uh, this person sent me a sample, and they were like, w- I got a sample, and it was this uh, tincture. It was like this, this, and it was made mostly of alcohol, and it was, it was pornography addiction recovery drops. And you put them under your tongue, and it just takes away your pornography addiction. What? Seriously? <laughs> really? It didn't take off, I take I, it. <laughs> I, you know, I gave it all my clients, and it didn't just go crazy. That's so, so weird. Yeah. Um, if, you just, if you just remember that um, no matter who you are and no matter what you've been through, that it will take time to not just... For, it, will, it will take time for not just the, the wounds to heal, but also for you to grow through what you've gone through. Um, if you can remember that, then you'll in really key moments, I think, be able to give yourself some grace and um, and give yourself some an extra boost of patience as you go through this because this is a process. And, and, and we, Ashton and I, we're still on this just in different, um, now we're in different lanes, I guess, of it. Dealing with... Different arena. Different, yeah, a different arena of recovery. Um, I'm working heavily on my childhood wounds and traumas. And, but that's related. That was a catalyst too. But um, it but takes time. Choosing to, so I'm choosing to. I do want to give some hope in this because when we hear that it takes time, I remember our intake, they said it can take seven years for your mm-hmm. brain to re- rewire. And I thought, oh my gosh, like this already feels like it's taken over our life and we haven't even mm-hmm. started. Yeah. And then when we did start and it was like, I'm going to go to this meeting this night and you're going to go this night and then I'm going to do this. And, I, and it was like, Oh my gosh, all yes. of our money, all of our time was going towards something that I despised and I hated and I was so mad and resentful. And then it turned into something different. And that's basically going back to choosing to commit for me. Right. I wasn't committed in the beginning for me. And choosing that looked and felt different in being able to say, okay. I, I like to say, welcome to the best worst club ever, right. because you will meet the best people in your life in this club, because these are people who are choosing to put themselves and their marriage or their relationship yeah. first. They're choosing to be vulnerable and share like what most people don't ever share. Yeah. And they're stepping into these really uncomfortable situations and we're connecting. Right. And so my best friends have come as an adult, which is so hard to do, to find new best friends as an adult, and they've come because of recovery. Yep. I, uh, I, I last week, uh, I have a brand new group, and I was telling them, you know, our group program is usually 12 to 18 months. And when I say that, like, they're, they all just like, ugh. Like, it's ugh. heavy. And then I have, uh, like, a, a men's group that I'm running. Um, I've run it for like two years. I'm trying to shut it down. I'm trying to be like, guys, we're good. And they're like, no, no, let's keep it going. Like, and, and, uh, 
you know, I tell that just to illustrate at first when you look at this road, it's overwhelming and it's hard and how am I going to get through all of this? And then some a switch happens when you get into recovery and it's like, oh, like I, I like this. This is really helping me understand myself better, step into my purpose, be more connected in my relationships. I don't want this to end. Like this, this whole process is so good for me. Yeah. Um, and so... So just just know that it's not going to be drudgery every day and just hard stuff that you're getting through every day, um, but it's a it's a process that there's there's the hard times and there's there's the good stuff in it as well. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to take it back and relate it to what I do for fitness and nutrition. It is the same with any change. It starts hard. Yes. It's hard for everyone. There, no one has this like this is the easiest thing to do and it's work for me. It's hard for all of us, but guess what? I'm what seven years into choosing fitness daily for, you know, six days a week. It's still hard for me some days to choose it, right. but I do because it's a non-negotiable. So it just, it's a shift. But I would guess too, Ashlyn, it's, it's part of your lifestyle it and is. you love it and it's important to you. It right? became so important. It became a job. Right. And so, yes, it was absolutely, it became easier for me, but it's still something I'm choosing. Right. Excellent. So this is part one, fir- part one, <laughs> and we have part two. And uh, again, these are things that we've talked about today to keep front of mind. This is essentially like a list of, of uh, like a mindset list that you, that you want to be able to have moving forward. But when we talk about specific steps to take, uh, that's going to be in part two. So where do they go to find part two? We are going to send you over to beyond-enough.com backslash steps. And forward we'll, slash. For, uh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I have to look at that too and go, wait, which one is that? We're going to put it in the show notes. As well as in the notes on YouTube. So beyond-enough.com forward slash steps. steps. There you go. And that's where you can um, you can find part two. And um, guys, we just appreciate you being here. And uh, we want you to have hope. We want you to have hope that it's possible to change. And you can do it. And even if you just having this, even if this is the only thing that you do today, did something you did something so have hope that it's possible amen so thanks guys for being here and uh we'll see you again see ya